Welcome, everybody, to the Latin Squad Podcast. This is your host, Ramona Gonzalez. This is Giovanni Rosario. And this is Anthony Rojas. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, everything we say is strictly for fun. Nothing is meant to be taken too seriously. It's jokes. Stop being so fucking sensitive. It's all satirical. I don't believe anything I say here. Welcome, everybody, to Latin Squad Fight Cast. So we got to do this one a little bit differently today because we're watching this on the Russian link and uh, Joe Biden is going to come crashing down with the CIA at any minute. Shout out to the Mas Chingons of the Week. Shout outs to... Francis, creator of the Francis Sweep. Shout out to Nick Schaefer. Go review ISS on Rotten Tomatoes on IMDb. Five stars. Metacritic. 15 stars out of five stars. Shout outs to Anonymous User number one. I just saw Anonymous User number one in the gym. He's a real person. I thought it was an AI chatbot. What? Right? Unstoppable. Shout outs to Esteban Gonzalez, my number one favorite student. Shout outs to Jason Roy, the best fan we could ever hope for. He's in the room right now. Shout outs to CGF. Shout outs to Michael Baidu, BGJ The Plug. Shout out to Jeff Star, youtube.com slash not bad films. Hey. Shout out to Matt Diaz, my favorite Bluebell student of all time. What we're going to do is go over Cron Gracie's versus Charles Jordan at UFC 288. So we're going to be kind of rushed because we can't really pause the video. That's we're, how like scuffed this uh, episode is. We're not going to pause it and then rewind it every 30 seconds. Like, oh, look, look, his foot is out of frame. We're just going to be talking. But Cron Gracie is one of the is the son of what I believe to be one of the most bugged out Gracies ever. Right. <laughs> so he's the son of the infamous Hicks and Gracie who claims now he claims, honestly, 1000 and 1000 and 0. Hanks so in by armbar 1,000 times. Of the 1,000, how many do you think he actually competed in or fought in? 2,000. Okay. Two A trillion. Thousand. Fair. <laughs> so this this fight is um, pretty exciting because this is, I think, I believe, Kron Gracie's third fight in the UFC. Up until then, he had a 5-0 fight streak in Ryzen. And then he had a 1-1 record in the UFC. I think the first one, he just smacked up some jobber that Dana White threw at him. And then the second loss was actually to Cub Swanson, who was a um, top featherweight contender. Now he's fighting Charles Bourdain, Jordan, who's like a knockout artist in, um, in the UFC right now. He's pretty popular. But one of the things that's really like, I guess, bugged out about this match is that from what I heard, Cron um, Gracie kind of wanted to develop his own style, kind of like the shoot boxer style that we talked about, like how Ryan Hall wanted to evolve into. But when he lost the match against Cub Swanson, a lot of the Gracies in the family were like, why did you do that? Why didn't you just pull guard? Why didn't you do jiu-jitsu? You lost because you weren't doing jiu-jitsu. And in this match particularly, Kron Gracie goes full butt scoot mode. Which is funny because we're not watching the Cub Swanson fight. But he pulls guard. He like sits to his butt in the way that people accuse Ryan Hall of in that first fight. So the fact that he does it more in this fight is funny. But it's true. I remember Hickson is like, oh, you didn't try to be jiu-jitsu fighter. You didn't try to uh, just pull flying triangle guard. It's like... That shit's fucking fake. Yeah. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu's fake. So Conor Gracie is like throwing out some jabs, fighting like a boxer. Like he's approaching Charles Jordan, like how most MMA fighters go. But this fight's gonna go like <laughs> very differently in like a matter of minutes. Yeah, he's moving very robotic. Like, like you can see even his head movements very stiff. Where he's a stiffy boy. Jordan looks very limb and like you know light on his feet. Looks spry. So right off the jump, you can tell there's already like a mismatch. This is something you see with a lot of jujitsu guys, especially from the gi, where Gi Jiu-Jitsu training teaches you how to be really tight. Right. It teaches you how to have like a lot of isometric strength. And that's the exact opposite of what you want to do when you're striking. Um, to all our supporters, thank you so much. If you want to continue to support us, you can find us on Spotify. To all our Patreons, if you want to go subscribe, go subscribe to patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Uh, we have a lot of exclusive content out there. You can find Papi Mangu, a.k.a. myself out there. Ray, we'll soon we'll be having Grahalis' feed up there. So go subscribe. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, Kron Gracie, again, is uh, famously known as, like, I think the youngest son of Hicks and Gracie. Um, 
well, he's one of the sons of Hitch and Gracie. I almost said something fucked up, but then I'm not going to say But Kron Gracie had a lot of, I guess, um, pressure growing up because, I mean, his dad is one of, like, the most notable figures in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And... Mythic. Mythic. Like, there is very few people who are above Blue Belt who don't know who Hicks and Gracie is. Um, Except for all the people listening to this podcast who don't know who he is. Hicks and Gracie is... I I was, at one point, like, the champion of the Gracie family. Like, he is the guy who you would send up to beat anybody who wouldn't ordinarily be beat up in those Gracie Challenge videos, right? If, like, some guy came in, he was on steroids, and he knew some grappling because he was a high school wrestler, and the McDojo Gracie Baja guy couldn't beat him up, then they would send in Hicks and Gracie to knock his shit in. Um, Kron is the youngest son of Hickson. Yeah. What? Now, that's not saying that Kron is a slouch in his own right. He's a 77-kilogram ADCC champion. I mean, but that, but that I think was... it's Kron. Like, like Cone. Kron. Oh, it's not Kron? Yeah. Kron, I, I remember Kron. someone saying... I don't know if that's true. They said it on Reddit. Like, okay. exa- again, we just regurgitate everything we read, we read on Reddit. <laughs> that's what I was told. I heard it was Kron, like ice cream cone. Kron. So... Okay. Um, as far as we can see, like, Crone Gracie is um, being, like, basically lit up in the stand-up he's right now. Yeah. He's red. Yeah. Yes. His, his face, face is red. His face is red, and it's not even, like, a full, like, two and a half minutes into the first round. And it's not because he was having some scotch before the match. This is not the good red. This is not happy hour red. <laughs> yeah, you can tell, like, he has his hands down. He's gas tank. Like, he's already exhausted, taking the, all these hits. Like, oh, he pulled guard. He pulled yeah. guard. He, I mean, did, he got to guard. He did the ubiquitous, like, jump on your opponent's waist guard pull. Yeah. He and got I mean, two close guard. He has, like, the full close guard, like uh, Grahala said. But he's doing, like, these really ineffective strikes. Like, he's basically like, trying to slap him in the ears, slap him on, like, the side of the, the fucking ribs. Like, and he, he won some matches like this in Risen. He did win matches by pulling close guard. But, I mean, some of that is because his opponents were of a lesser caliber in Risen. Right. And some of that is also just the rule set is different. When you have five minutes. It's like, okay, there's two minutes left on the clock. I'm going to pull guard. It's like, that's not enough time. Yeah. That's not enough time. To, to do what you need to do unless you're gonna hit the triangle as you're touching the mat he, this guy he's just keeping his elbows together he's being tight he's not being stupid he knows that he he has crone in his guard he right. he's isolating his arms oh you know he has something going but even so like if the match ended you know right now um crone is losing he's right because he has oh, he's done nothing he's doing those gracie family kidney kicks oh, the, the, the rabbit the famous yeah. ones yeah <laughs> Like, this is the all the stuff that we were seeing. Shout out to episode, Fightcast episode three, where all those Gracies were just, like, doing those ineffective strikes from inside the close guard. Right. But those were, like, on VHS tapes. This is, like, full UFC, like, 4K. This is 4K. Like, Jordan is caught. I think Jordan has still gotten uh, more damage to Crone because yeah, his strikes sure. have... have like, he timed yeah. it. He stayed really tight. And then as soon as he felt Crone's graze, uh, his legs open up for too long, he just stood back up out of it. Crone is following him in the guard. Oh, the, like the, he's butt scooting around him. Nice. Yeah. And so that's the problem that a lot of people have with this fight is the fact that Crown Gracie like, like thought that he, like his opponent would just engage him in the guard. Like, no, now you must pass. When in reality, that's a jujitsu rule. That's yeah. a jujitsu rule. Like, it, if I want to walk away from you and the referee stands us up, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And in jujitsu, if one, if one of us is in guard and the person and then another person standing starts taking steps away from the guard player, they're gonna start getting the stalling penalties really quick. That is jujitsu specific. Because someone in guard cannot force a standing player to engage with them. And, and then you can't even take advantage of positions like that because Crone had him up against the cage and, like, he's so tired from all the hits he took and he couldn't do anything from the bottom. Like, Jordan, with almost no effort, brushed him off. Also, he's kind of getting slapped around in the clinch, too. There's a few times where Jordan put him in the clinch and, all the, you the know, it's kicks. not like, oh, man, he's getting kind of slapped. He's tough. Yeah. 
I mean, one of the things that people don't really talk about Hickson is the fact that um, I don't think he is he ever faced a, a combat athlete on the same caliber as like Crone did during his career. Like a lot of those guys were like professional wrestlers, so, like literally like WWE style professional wrestlers. They were like high school wrestlers who were just tough. Like he didn't really face anybody who went to like a full camp, was a professional fighter in and of their own right. Right. He he. I'll I'll say this. He didn't face anyone who was at the caliber of these UFC fighters. And some of that is just because the sports different. The sports evolved a lot now. Yeah. From where it was thirty years ago, but even comparative to that era, he didn't fight anyone who's like, oh yeah, I know that guy. I mean, it, it's kind of asinine to be like, oh, if you look at his Wikipedia page, what names do you recognize? No one. You recognize people because they were in a documentary that you watched him in, like that that choke documentary. Yeah. Not because, oh, yeah, I, I saw a lot of that guy's fights. That guy had like 30 fights. I, I saw them in Pride or whatever, and Hickson beat him. He didn't beat anyone like that. He beat a bunch of jobbers. So we're going into the second round right now, and Crone, the most effective thing that Crone Gracie did in that fight was pull the other guy into his close guard. Yeah. Right? That's the only thing that the other guy was able to do. So... We're here at the top of the second round, and it's not going to look any different. Like, Kron Gracie literally just looks like he's walking at him, hoping that he's going to be able to wrap his legs around him. And he's throwing, like, he's throwing, he's like, throwing the, strikes, but the Gracie air strikes. Yeah. Like, he's throwing, like, the oblique kicks. Like, the, it doesn't the look jab, like... The jab that he had in the first 30 seconds of the fight is gone. I think he's, this is he's, he's lurching after him. He did the Frankenstein takedown. It didn't work. This fight's also a good example of, like, how you have to be more well-rounded, right? Like, Gracie's very one-dimensional. He's just, like, pure jiu-jitsu. You can tell that the striking's so out... He's out, so outmatched there. It's crazy. Yeah. And he doesn't have, like, um... Maybe he's gonna prove me wrong. I don't think he is. But he doesn't have, like, an elite level. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah. So, so he got him up against the cage, and then modern MMA meta will tell you, okay, now it's time to do, like, wall install. Right. We're gonna slap him around. We're gonna hit the double off the cage. We're gonna pull him off with the single, switch to the rear body lock, trip him, all this type of stuff. And he got him up against the wall, and then he he jumped close guard. Yeah. Against the wall? It's, almost, I mean, uh, not an MMA fight, but Danielle Kelly did this to Jessica Khan. They got into close guard for most of the match. He just took her up to the cage, and it's just yeah. hard to move. Even, like, in jiu-jitsu, your tall close guard is pretty good for the person on the bottom, but when you can't do anything, when you can't move... Yeah. Now he's up against yeah. the wall. Now you're stuck getting so, hit. this is a recent development, I guess, specifically. I only found about found out about it through the Jessica Kelly... Uh, I'm sorry, Jessica Khan and uh, Danielle Kelly match. That close guard, like, is extremely inhibited when you push their back up against the wall. Like, yeah. you, you, you don't have the space to do anything. This is kind of like an old-school MMA-type um, meta, like going back to like the Mad Hughes era, like the the, o, the double O's, the aughts, whatever, right. where whenever back then guard was a little bit better because the knowledge of like passing guard wasn't as advanced and the knowledge of like how the meta works wasn't advanced because was, the sport was even younger. But one thing that was common is these wrestler guys, if they were going against someone who had a good guard, aka it's like, this guy's a black belt, Jolo's on, he'll tap out anyone, like one of those types of guys. If you ended up in their guard, the move was put their head up against the cage and just start beating the shit out of them because they can't walk their shoulder line back and they can't pivot their hips. They can't do all these types of things. They're just kind of like wedged in there. That's one reason why when you're at your gym, unless you're doing MMA training and if you're playing guard and you get stuck against the wall, yeah. you reset. It's not just because you're simulating IBJJF rules. Oh, they would reset us if you touch the table. Yeah. It's because you can't do anything. Right. It's over. So that's something that I think a lot of people don't really train like with in mind. Like Typically, when I train in my school... Um, and anybody like touches the wall or touches the opposite square or touches the wood, whatever, anything that's not within like where the confines of you started, you just restart. And a lot of times, like I think, I think personally, I don't try to regain the position that I had, right? And the same doesn't work in real life. Right. Like if you're if you're wrestling in the bar, like against like the big guy who insulted your girlfriend, like whatever, whatever guy daydreams about in the shower. Don't look at my girlfriend. <laughs> I'll kill you. Like 
just because your head touches a bar stool doesn't mean that the guy, other guys, are gonna reset into like a more open part of the bar. That, right. That's that's become one of my go-to asinine jokes that I just repeat over and over again. When we reset because we touched a wall, I said, or like I go to sweep someone and they bounce off the wall or whatever it is. I say, oh, well, that doesn't count because there's no walls in the streets. Actually, there are walls in the streets. There's walls Under everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything is a wall. Like, think about how many times whenever you're training, if you're listening to this podcast, how many times you reset when you... It, it really becomes inconvenient for one person or the other. Right. But it, in MMA, the closest thing that we, we have to real-life violence, like, the whole point is to make it as most inconvenient as you can for your for your opponent. Yeah. You might reset for a non... Non, te- because not because I'm a tap, but just because you move too far away, you might reset like fucking ten times in one round. Sometimes, yeah. if you're moving around a lot, that'll happen, and it's really annoying. And the reality is, is like as far as combat realism is concerned, that's that's not realistic, and that's why what's become a, a more common meta since then is the whole new wall meta of, okay, when my back's up against the wall, I'm not gonna play guard. I'm going to stand up. Yeah. I have to stand up off of the wall, and this guy has to try to take me back down. But Chrome Grace is not doing that. Chrome Grace is pulling guard. Chrome Grace is getting slapped around. And by no means am I saying that I'm a better MMA fighter oh, than Crone. Crone was would um, beat me up easily. I, I, mean, I don't know. I still, I'll, I'll take the challenge. But Crone is walking into every exchange without yeah. any head movement. He's just walking in and get, walking into the punches, right? So like, not for nothing. But you can see that. He's gonna pull know, guard again. Pull guard again. Like I don't know if it was the camp, it was or whoever was you know in charge of his training. But like there was a lot of uh, holes he wanted that to, he didn't, you know. Focus on there. I think he wanted to hating on the Gracie's I think he wanted to impress his deadbeat dad, sure, uh, sure. Rick Hickson, and be like, "Oh well, Hickson was talking shit." Hickson said that All like I didn't, kicks, yeah. I didn't fight like a true Gracie or whatever. So now I'm gonna fight and lose like a true Gracie. Yeah, doofy mode. I mean, it, I mean, he's I, trying to. It's not like he looks like a, a, a bummer or anything. It's no, just like for sure. he's engaging in, in a, a type of meta that has been debunked. Yeah, and there's a like a there's a lot of um. So as much as like just to get shit. From like pure MMA purists, I guess is kind of a funny way to look at it. But from guys who are really into MMA, these jujitsu guys get hated on for all sorts of reasons, like the metas they choose to engage, like their level of athleticism, their often their inability to wrestle, all these types of things. But there's a ton of of guys who have a jujitsu background who are like elite level fighters. But the thing is, they don't fight this way. Yeah. They're not pulling close guard off of the wall. They, they're either they come out and they get really good at engaging with people and like wall install type things, they, their wrestling gets much better or they become really dangerous strikers like um, Oliveira. Oliveira, his wrestling got a lot better. He became a really dangerous striker. And also when it comes to submissions, he has like flash submissions where he doesn't he doesn't engage in the type of grappling that I would engage in when I'm training jujitsu and I'm in a gi. Where I'm like, I'm just going to hold my opponent down. I'm going to slowly advance from like half guard to mount over the course of like four fucking minutes. That's not how MMA works. MMA just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I really want to hammer in is that um, about uh, Karan Gracie's Debbie dad is he's like the the same thing. He has like sort of the same problem when it comes to his specific record that a lot of early boxers had. Like if you look at like Sugar Ray Robinson or who's another one? Um, Julio Cesar Chavez mm-hmm. or hell, even Canelo Alvarez. Like you look at the first like 40 opponents that they fought. They're nobodies. <laughs> They're people off the street. You can't yeah. click their name on Wikipedia. And Khabib's yeah. first 13 opponents, I think that's what it is. That's like yeah. the, always the meme. The, his first 13 opponents had like a combined record of like 9 and 50 or something like that. Yeah. You know? So like a lot of the guys who uh, Hicks and Gracie was fighting and this kind of built up his psycho ego 
they, they were literally nobodies. Like, I'm sure, like, if he sparred somebody, like, he sparred an intro, and he, like, did, like, the no ego, like, let me tap this guy seven times to prove the jitsu works. He counted it. That's, that's 291 and 0. Yeah, right? I did it. I did it. That's it. I'm undefeated. Jiu-Jitsu forever. We're going to go into the third round now, and I don't think this is going to look any different. I mean, spoiler alert, like, Con Gracie obviously fucking loses this fight, but, um, like, he, he all he's doing is, like, just walking at his opponent, hoping that he, like, um, runs him into the cage, and then just jumps guard on them. Jumps guard? That's crazy. How are you going to jump guard? Quick break from our sponsors. Showyourroll.com. 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 The best geek company in the world. Thank you, Bear, for sponsoring today's episode. Showyourroll makes the best geese ever in human history. I know Bear. If they were making geese in 2000 BC China, they would have been making Showyourrolls. That's how good it is. Check out the newest Showyourroll geek collaboration, the Articulated 2.0, featuring yours truly as the model. Go to showyourroll.com to get yours today. Especially, it's one of these things where a lot of times when you when you will see like a flash submission, like you will see a situation like um, Oliveira wrapping up a choke, it's, it's very much a club and sub situation. He comes out, he's loose, he's letting his hands go. All of a sudden, he realizes he has a lot of power. That's something else. A lot of these jiu-jitsu guys who ended up becoming like pretty high-level guys were guys who had a lot of power in their hands for whatever yeah. reason. It, power is something that... It's not like a modifiable attribute to the same level as strength is. With strength, you could go from like, oh, I'm naturally like a 1 out of 10 to like a 6 out of 10. You could get a lot stronger over the course of your life. You can't make your hands a lot heavier. A lot of that has to do with like your leverages, your insertions, the actual size of your fist, these types of things where I think a good way to put it is you can become really precise. You can have great form. You could be good on the, the mitts. But there are some people that just like the way their body's built when they hit the mitts. They could be tired, and it's still you hear the thud. It sounds like a fucking. It sounds like thunderclaps. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's extremely loud. It's extremely powerful, and that's something that you can't learn. And so a lot of these guys who are really successful in MMA, who come from the jiu-jitsu background, who are wrapping up all these submissions, they're coming out, they're letting their hands go, they're hurting their opponents, and then when their opponents come in, they're like half fucking concussed. Charles Oliveira takes his Magilla grill arms, he just wraps up a darts, and you know it is what it is. He's not and. In a fight we might watch later, Charles Oliveira has done work from the guard, but it's not like this. Yeah. So, this is probably, like, one of the most um, controversial fights in the UFC because, you know, people like Cron Gracie. Like, he's he's not as bugged oh, out as his dad. I would disagree with that, but... <laughs> okay, well, well, what do you think is the beef between, like, the public and Cron Gracie? I just think they don't give a shit about him. I, no. I, I think they don't give a shit about him, and I also think that people who do know him, they're like, oh, he's a flat earther. Oh, yeah. he's a Gracie. Fuck Gracie's. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't know how to wrestle. He's a butt scooter. All these types of things. And so I think it's either ambivalence to, like, slight disdain. Also, I was talking more specifically, uh, at least now I'll revise my statement. I think more specifically in the jiu-jitsu community. Just oh, yeah. Okay, they, yeah. I'm, I'm a, yeah they see him at, like as a jiu-jitsu guy. Like, oh, this guy uh, reps the flag of jiu-jitsu. Like, he's going to prove that my blue belt can help me feed, help, can help me defeat, like, my... Um, my, my wife's boyfriend? My, yeah, my wife's boyfriend <laughs> in, in a street fight. You know? No, yeah, from that perspective, I was thinking about it from the, the MMA sphere's perspective. Oh, he did it again! Jumping close guard. He jumped close guard, and then the guy put him up on the wall and just beat and just slapped him around. He's just like, I almost said something crazy. But when I was, like, um, researching this fight, like, uh, for the fight cast, I mean, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Maybe I'll turn it up a little bit. But, like, the crowd's freaking booing. They're they're silent. They, they're not enjoying this fight. Like, this I'm not is- enjoying this fight. <laughs> Ray, why did you make us watch this fight? That's because it's Gracie getting beat up. I'll watch any Gracie get beat up. I mean, what I want to go over after this episode is just some of like, the bugged out tales that in researching this fight, I've also heard about the Gracies. 
more stuff? We're gonna do. Are we gonna do Iceberg Episode Three? Gracie Back just to keeps getting into the pocket and getting hit. It's almost like he went into the match scene like, all right, I'm gonna see how much pain I can take without dying. Without dying. I wonder like if they gave the post fight stats for this, but he, it doesn't look like he's landed a single effective strike. Um, they just pulled up the stats. I think at the time, like four minutes into the, uh, sorry, one minute into the third round, Jordan had over. 40 significant strikes while Gracie had about 20, right? So Jordan has obviously landed over double these significant strikes. That the crowd is going crazy. Yeah, they're booing. Like I'm, I'm pulling this up again. right now. And that, that was a poll where it's like I, I kind of feel like Jordan could have left. Like that was yeah. a poll where I'm like, I think Jordan just followed him down because he's like, oh, I'm just gonna stay tight. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my elbows in, so I'm just gonna stay clamped up. Right. But I almost feel like if he wanted to, he could have just postured out and said. Fuck you. Yeah. This shit is fake and then started trying to pass his guard. But also that's when people get submitted to, right? When you when you stop respecting people, that's when you start getting hurt. Also when you stop respecting people is when you kill them too. So it's kinda <laughs> that's kinda that that goes both ways. I think like, yeah, to your point, he's definitely stuck with this game plan. He's like, Well, this might not be the most uh entertaining. But I'm gonna right? win. But, but it's been effective so far. It's gotten me this yeah. far. There's two minutes there's about two minutes Especially left. I'm gonna fucking win this shit. When you're competing, you wanna win. When I'm competing, I, I wanna win. And there's been a few times where I've let, and I guess you could call it my ego. My ego got the best of me where I'm like, I'm up on the score, but I want to fucking pass this guy's guard and submit him. And I, I got into an exchange where I got swept and I lost a match on like a decision or something like that. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I should have just stayed where I was. I didn't have to pass his guard. I was up. I was up to zip. I could have yeah. just like rode that out for 90 seconds and that would have been boring. But I wanted to do more stuff. But you know what I would have wanted more? I would have wanted to fucking medal more, to be honest. Like, if I could go back, I would have do it differently. So far be it for me to say this person, especially, I was doing that. I was competing for fun. I was doing it for medal. So if you're going to lose trying to do more, then that's the situation to lose it in. When you're a professional fighter, half of your pay is lost when you lose. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's rent. That's that's debt. So the crowd is absolutely going wild. Like, that the small cheer was just because, like, he finally got out of the guard. But Kron Gracie, they're, the, they're doing the leg kick against the butt scoot. Yeah, he's doing the butt scoot in the third round of a fight of a fight he's losing. This is what I'm gonna do to Jumani when we start fighting. Please, when he's I, when he pulls butterfly it. on me, I deserve it. I'm gonna throw leg kicks from ten feet away and then try but to. Run I don't away understand. From him. Like Kron Gracie is literally kicking at this guy's shins. I don't understand how he believes that this strategy is gonna help him win this fight because he wants to play guard. He doesn't want to do him stand up. You like, see how slow he was when he stands up. That's how I am when I'm competing. I'm slow. I'm tired. Yo, even the kicks he's so he's been he's been looking. Not very good. He's just taking the strikes. He's just, he's not Bro, moving. Bro, he just ate right. a four-piece. He I, is. Yeah. So tough. Th this is, like, the, the direct problem with, like, the Gracie family, where it's, like, if they win, they're, it's... They're it, degenerates. If they win, it's strictly because of their DNA. It's because of their Scottish-Brazilian DNA, right? But if they lose, it's because the person either wasn't a true Gracie or he didn't really do Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. So even though, there, like... There's one good Gracie now. He's a one? welterweight. He can... Was competing in Bellator for a while. I forget oh. his name. He trains at RGA headquarters. I, I, I think I know you're talking about. I, I, re I recognize him. Well, number one, all these fucking Gracies look alike. That's right. I said it. They all look the same. But he was really good. He had a. I, I saw him fight live um, against Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald. I'm fucking playing myself against uh, McDonald in like 2019, 2018, something like that. But he's good. But he's good. He doesn't. He fights like a modern MMA fighter who's really good at jujitsu. He doesn't fight like this. Yeah. Like, when he ends up on the bottom, he'll he'll enter into guard situations. He'll enter into submissions. But he's not trying to ride out five minutes on the bottom position. That's not how you win um, fights in MMA, at least. That's not how you win fights in American MMA with five-minute rounds where they do resets. It's like, yeah. I, 
like I understand uh, there's a lot of graces. Henner will come out and say this. He's like, well, if there was no time limit, if you're just fighting until someone died, then you could pull someone into your clothes guard and just like yank on their head till they got tired and submit them. It's like, well, maybe that's true. I mean, you can't because look at the Isaac Michelle versus the other guy fight, right? Yeah. Like the fight with Isaac Michelle that went two hours and now all, like, all, all, all Isaac Michelle was doing was pulling on this guy's head. Yeah. And he, wouldn't even, he wasn't able to kill him. Yeah. I mean, after two hours, he killed him. Okay. But it took two hours. It took two hours. And also, there was no strikes involved. There were strikes. Isaac Michelle was just... The, the fight just wouldn't have been different because the guy just kept going to Turtle and just, like, sitting on the bottom of Turtle. For, like, I mean, that wasn't the whole fight, but the, the stretches that I watched was just guy sits in the bottom of Turtle, guy sits in the bottom of Mount, guy sits in the bottom of some position where he would just get beat to death. Yeah. He wasn't... It wasn't like the guy was sitting... Had him in his clothes guard and was just, like, holding him off or I whatever. wonder who won this fight. Oh, I wonder who won. <laughs> huh. huh. It was, like, five to one, the strikes. So one of the things that I think is really interesting, if anybody else wants to watch a fight that like shows how tough Kron Gracie can be, and you know what, how much better he is, right? Um, or at least the potential that he had if he like truly went like uh, had a good grappling coach and a good MMA coach. Um, look up the Kron Gracie versus Cub Swanson fight, right? He's actually trading with Cub Swanson. And he doesn't get knocked out. Now is that a marker of like Cub Kron uh, Gracie's toughness? Probably, yeah. But he has hands. He just didn't want to let them go this round because he wanted to win the way that his dad told him to. I also don't think he's like like a technically good striker, at least not defensively, right. which is fine because Charles Oliveira isn't wasn't necessarily a technically good striker. He got to he won a lightweight championship just being very offensively minded. Although I do want to say I wanted to give a shout out to Ray for saying that Crone Gracie doesn't have a good grappling <laughs> coach. <laughs> he doesn't know how to grapple. That's not what you literally said, but I think it's funny. Um, yeah. So. I mean, obviously, Charles Jordan wins this fight. And this was the last fight that um, Kron Gracie had up until... Um, I, wait, I, yeah, I actually do believe this is the last, this uh, has the to last be the fight. last one because this is like 288. And like, it, I think the, there was a fight last night. It was like 290-something. So, so, um, But this was off of a four-year hiatus from his Cub Swanson fight. So people were really excited and were saying, like, oh, did he change up his strategy? Like four years. It's a pretty long time. He was like 35 at the time of this fight. So it's like in those four years that he like um, really um, bumped See, up the striking. See, in the striking. hyperbaric uh, strike chamber. Yeah. Did he, did he train with Israel Adesanya? And now he's like training with like all the he other. He does like, a switch kick and just kills this does guy. Does the question mark kick. Like he's training with Paulo Costa. But no, he, if anything, he got worse. Yeah, worse. Which is something that you rarely see in like MMA unless somebody like had like a huge knockout in the previous fight or they suffered a devastating injury. Well, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that we kind of get almost the wrong side of it because and because jiu-jitsu especially is such a, a sport that's so built around our knowledge and our knowledge for the most part only goes up or even if you are getting like physically worse quote-unquote worse as time goes on you're getting a little bit you're not strong you're you're your cardio is not good, you're not as flexible. It's like, well, you learned a lot. And so you're going to, typically for a while, you're going to have like better and better outcomes over like a fairly long period of time. We sort of get stuck in the sweep of thinking, oh, just you train more, you learn more, you're better. And that's not always true, especially when we're looking at it. Anyways, before I kill Ray, I'm going to finish my point. My point is, is that what I just said is true in the training room, but it's not always true when it comes to competing, even in jiu-jitsu. And it's definitely not true when it comes to other combat sports or just other sports in general, where it's like, okay, we're getting more and more practice. Yes, but there's so much of the sport is based around this physicality that you do or do not have, or you, you no longer have, right? Like he got older, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's a little bit older than me. You get older and you just can't do shit you used to do. It's like, yeah, you want, I think he won ADCC like the year that Marcelo retired, like, or. Yeah, dude, it was like 2008 or something. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah, that's great. It's it's not 2008 when he had this fight. He's not yeah. able to do those, those things. And I, I know he learned a lot. 
And I'm sure in those four years he was training a lot. But it's very rare, actually, for you to see fighters continually reinvent themselves from one year to the next. Yeah. You would think that what happens, especially if you're someone who's trained um, uh, combat sports for a while, has trained jiu-jitsu for a while, and you're like, well, every year I learn more. Like, every year that I look at me competing, I do look different. I look a little bit different every year. I'm like, I'm learning more. I know so much stuff. When I'm training a lot, I'm like, wow, I'm getting better. I'm Me today would beat me from six months ago. That's not what you see in most MMA fighters. It, it's very rare that you see that. I think uh, one good example of someone doing that is um, GSP, where GSP took out that huge break and he came back for his like unretirement fight to fight one time, and he did look different. Like he looked like GSP, but like GSP who had learned new stuff. Most guys come back and they're just doing the same shit. For, it's for a lot of reasons. It's because that's what they're good at. Yeah, it's and especially if it scared. worked. Yeah, it worked while, while they left. Yeah. It, they're, they're scared to try new things or their new skills like aren't really honed. They're not really battle tested because that's the other thing. It's like, well, you could learn something new. Like you could go learn a cool new heel hook or whatever in class. But that doesn't mean you're going to be able to go out and just fucking do that shit in a championship level fight. And and by no means does this mean that like jujitsu doesn't work, but the style has to change, right? Like as you saw, close guard may not be the most ideal, especially if you get put up to the cage because now it's useless and you're probably in a worse position. Now you can't move and you're just landing, getting fucking hit in the face. I think probably something else that's like the most frustrating, if you're if you're trying to game plan this from the perspective of Crone, is there were multiple attempts where he put his opponent on the cage, right? And he could have turned that into damage. Yeah. He could have turned that into control. He could have taken him down. He could have put him against the wall. He could have slapped him around. That's something that we've seen Damian Maya do, something we've seen Khabib do. It's something we see um, uh, Usman do. It's something we've seen a lot of guys do. It's like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? And Or you could just beat the shit out of them. John Jones has gotten really good at just like um, cutting off the cage, putting the guy against the wall, just beating him up. And if the guy runs off, he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to put you against the wall. I'm going to beat you up again. I'm going to keep doing that. And then instead, what Crone did is like he would put the guy up against the wall and then throw it away. And I, I know that's not what he thought in his brain. He's like, oh, this is my entry. He's close enough. He can't run away. So now I'm going to put him in my guard and I'm going to kill him. Yeah. But this is what happened. He put him in his guard and then he gave away the position. He didn't get anything for it. And he also didn't have, by that by the time that it got there, he just didn't have the energy to like keep him there. He was so yeah. exhausted from taking all the fucking body shots, the head shots. Yeah. Like, if anything, this is like a perfect case study. And like I think this is the general consensus of most reaction videos to this fight. That this style of jiu-jitsu, when put in the context of MMA, just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. It's a solved problem. Like the the way of fighting that you saw in like those um, Gracie Challenge matches, VHS tapes, just does not work in a professional context. Like if does it work in like a bar? Probably. I'm sure like a lot of Gracies who, who would do a challenge match against like like Ricky Crackhead off the street. I'm sure we could go into a bar right now. Yeah. And find guys who don't have ugly ears. Yeah. And are smaller than us and less athletic than us. And I'm sure we could do this to most of them. Yes. Of course. They don't know how to do jiu-jitsu. But, I'm but, not, but I'm pro not. MMA fighters do. Yeah. Charles Eddie knows how to do jiu-jitsu. He, he knows, knows, he knows what an armbar is. He knows what an armbar is. He knows what a choke is. So what I want to leave this at is actually, this is actually a bonus moment of the podcast in uh, Ray's story time, right? <laughs> it, this is literally a YouTube comment that I found. So this is a YouTube what, live comment he left. <laughs> what's my source? Papa Bear forty five sixty four on YouTube. Oh, That's cool. my source. Shout out, shout okay. out to whoever. shout out to him. But this story I did corroborate. I think this is just a good way, uh, like a narrative that he put it in. So if you want to look it up, you can look up all these details online. But I'll just read this word for word. The Gracies have a long history of demanding special rules, changing the rules whenever it suits them, and in some cases outright cheating. Right. So just a small interlude from the actual story. This is where Crown Gracie's family comes from, right? This is what he's about. And this is the fight. This is the honor that he's fighting for. 
So back to the story. Rufino Dos Santos is the most notable instance of this, a sailor and trained catch wrestler who handily defeated Carlos Gracie in the 1930s. The Gracie family kept delaying the fight, demanding Dos Santos wear a suit and tie with shoes during the fight while Carlos got the fight in a gi. Carlos left the ring twice during the fight, running like a coward, and then once he got in again and knowing he'd likely lose, he managed to get a guillotine, a guillotine choke partly hooked. Then immediately declared himself the winner, claiming Dosanos tapped out, which the referee never saw or acknowledged, and Dosanos called him uh, on being a liar. The ref said he never saw the tap and demanded Carlos continue the match, which Carlos refused, claiming he already won. The referee declared Dosanos the winner, and the papers called them out on it. This is the best part of the story. Afterwards, three of the, Gary, the Gracies, of whom Carlos was, a, uh, of whom one of one of them was Carlos, assaulted Dos Santos outside of his gym, beating him with steel pipes until he couldn't fight back. Then holding him down while Carlos did an armbar and destroyed Dos Santos' shoulder. He needed surgery and never fought again. That is the Carlo, th- That is the Gracie clan in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Bu- yeah. That's what's up. Say it. Say it. <laughs> I already said it. I already said it. the Gracies. No, I mean, you know, there's like 10,000 of them. Yeah. So, you know, sure of them. Some of them, I'm sure, are great. Wait, what's, what's the what's the Donald Trump line about Mexicans? Oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> we could apply that to the Gracies. They're not sending you know, their best. They're not sending their best. But some, I'm sure some of them are okay. Yeah. Just like statistically. Like the Krogan. Some of the Krogans were cool. Yeah, but they got hit with the genophage. Yeah. So maybe you should... You know, okay, I'm bugging out. Listen... <laughs> That shit was crazy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I never heard that story, but it doesn't surprise me. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Latin Squad Podcast, episode six. Shout out to our other sponsors of the show, showyourworld.com, 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 showyourworld.com. I know, Bear. Show, shout outs to Ali at CMB Cafe, best food in the world. Only the food best. in the world. Shout outs to our other sponsors of the show, the Chingons of the, of the Week. You guys are the backbones of the show. If we didn't have the Chingons of the Week, there would be no show. Not at all. Yeah. Shout we wouldn't to, even talk. Shout out to Tim Watson. Jim O'Brien, Kitaj Fong, Alex Bez, Leo, Mike Constantiner, Alan Chang, Milan Patel, Oscar LaCruz, Conga Man, Van Zetti, and John Bronzo. Thank you so much. These episodes exist because of you all. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Thank you so much. Latinx Guard Fightcast, episode six.